Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. on the Believe in Monsters podcast tonight. Another week talking Chicago Bears football. We are midway into the offseason where uh, uh, the, free, the, the franchise tag deadline came to, came to a head today. and We're on the precipice of free agency. So we appreciate everybody jumping in and joining us tonight on the Believe in Monsters podcast, a part of the Believe Network. Joe Gaither, Chris Krogman, and Lucas Berry hanging out with you, seeing what we can do to rebuild our Chicago Bears. And without further ado, we have a very special episode tonight because we have a very special guest, Mr. John McClain, former writer from the Houston Chronicle. He writes now for Galleriesports.com and is a part of SportsRadio610.com. He spent his last week up at the uh, at the combine, so we're excited to pick his brain. Nobody knows Houston and and uh, the Houston Texans and really NFL better than John McClain. So it's our honor to have John tonight. You can follow him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL on the Twitter machine. If you're not one of his uh, thousands of followers, go ahead and do that right now. So, uh, Chris, uh, without further ado, how are you tonight? And you can uh, check in with Luke and we'll get right into it with John. And we're super, super excited for tonight's episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. Joe, uh, doing awesome. Can't wait to get into this discussion. Uh, Lucas, my man, how are you? I'm doing really well. I am uh, super happy to uh, be able to talk to John McClain tonight. John, thank you so much for joining us here on Believe in Monsters podcast on the Believe Network. Um, yeah, we are super stoked to talk to you. Um, so obviously, were you, were you at the Combine uh, last week? How was that experience down there? Well, let's see. I've been going to everyone in Indy since 1987. They tend to run together. I, I'm just blown away the way media people get so excited about what guys do in shorts and T-shirts. Um, I do 11 weekly shows. One of them's in Nashville. Another one's in Knoxville. And they've watched Anthony Richardson for a season. And they both said, man, you got to pump the brakes on Anthony Richardson. We all knew he could run. He's got great size. He's got great arm. He's athletic, but he's inaccurate. And he doesn't have experience. Doesn't mean he can't learn and improve his accuracy, but it's always amazing to me how people fall in love with, as Dan Campbell calls it, in their pajamas. Others have called it the underwear Olympics, but <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's funny. Ever since the NFL took it to a, into a new stratosphere, it's become such an event. And I admit after being there all week, I come home, I watch it over and over. I love doing it. And um, so there was a lot of buzz about a lot of people and, uh, and uh, different reasons. One guy's size, another one is arrest warrants. Another one because he was he was outstanding physically, and so it was all over the board. Yeah, so uh, I'm totally with you. You know, people definitely overblow the uh, the combine, and you know, and the 40 times and all that, the bench press, and you know, you got guys flying all over the draft board just because of a workout. But uh, here on this podcast, we're interested because the number one pick is for sale, and it seems like that was you know the talk of the town. Um, is there anything you can give us that you heard down there about the Bears and what they're doing with that number one pick and maybe how soon that, that is going to get traded? 
Well, first, it's not going to get traded anytime soon uh, because there's got to be a whole lot of investigating going on with Jalen Carter. And something that Ryan Pauls has got to be very careful of, if they decide that Carter is not worth taking in the first four picks, because everybody knew he had character issues before the arrest warrant, and the fact that he could possibly have played a role in two people getting killed. So they're going to have to do some serious investigating of him. But if the Bears do indeed want a defensive lineman like Carter or Will Anderson Jr., who has no character issues whatsoever, um, and if they think, okay, we're not taking Carter. We're not taking him among the top four. How can they trade with the Colts at four? Because they go to four, Arizona's going to take Will Anderson Jr., and then who are the Bears going to take? Because there's nobody rated close to Anderson and Carter among the position players. Then, of course, top quarterbacks are Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And so that's something you got to be careful not to get too cute. Now, if they determine we don't have a problem with anything Jalen Carter had done, then they can make a trade with the Texans at two or the Colts at four or both of them. It's a great position for Ryan Poles to be in. Fans and media in Houston will never forgive Lovey Smith for beating the Colts in the last game, going for two and winning it. You know, you hear like if you were to ask, what is the what are a couple of the worst victories in Bears history? Or if you were to ask me, I'm sorry, losses, and then you ask me what are a couple of the worst Oilers losses, uh, Texans losses, I can tell you. But how often can you say what is the worst victory? I've never said those two words in my life until the Texans beat the Bears and cost themselves the number one pick. And uh, so what I heard, here's what I heard. Same things you guys hear in Chicago. The Bears could trade the pick. They could trade it to two. They could trade it to four. They could keep the pick. They could trade down farther and get more picks. One of the things you got to keep in mind, what the Bears do depends heavily on what they do in free agency. And they got more money than anybody. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see and Eberflus try to win March like the Jaguars. It finally paid off for the Jaguars last year uh, when they signed all these free agents and made a big splash. Usually it doesn't pay off, but what they do in free agency will have a lot to do with what he does there, but he's going to be able to get an impact player uh, regardless. I think anybody would love to have Will Anderson Jr. I met him when uh, I was making a presentation at the Lombardi Awards this year, and he won it over Jalen Carter and two others. And that kid, you talk about somebody that is a pleasure to be around and could represent any organization. It's amazing the disparity between him and Jalen Carter. Mm. Interesting, interesting. But John, you you in, in what up, way? In in, in, yeah, in what way? Right. Just just, just person, personality wise, or in, in what way? No, the character. My goodness, uh, you know, if you go back and I read every single word I could read, police report and everything, because I've been now it's it fascinated when uh, about that wreck because it was so unnecessary, it was so tragic. It's two miles from the Georgia campus. You know, it happened at 2.30 or 4.30. I can't remember. They'd been at strip clubs. One of them worked for the team. She was killed. She was driving. And uh, it, it was just such a tragedy. And then Carter lied to the police all along about everything. 
And uh, in fact, he left the scene of an accident and a staff member talked him into going back. Now he's got charges. He went back to answer them. Then he came back to the combine to answer team's questions about it. And he didn't say, I can't answer that on the advice of my attorney because of the ongoing investigation. You know, what he told him behind the scenes was his version of the advance. And hopefully he was more honest with them than he was with the police. Mm. Mm, very interesting. Very interesting. Man, that's, you know, it kind of reminds uh, Lar the Laramie Tunsil thing, right? Draft day gets smoking uh, a bong on a gas mask. <laughs> Remember <laughs> Warren Sapp's story in the New York yeah. Times said he did cocaine and boy, he just kept dropping and dropping and dropping. And it worked out great for him because he's in the Hall of Fame. Hmm. And there have been other examples. I remember one guy. He had a wreck the night before the draft, and he got hurt. He told his agent. Agent didn't let teams know. Some team drafted him fairly high. You talk about a bunch of teams being mad at an agent. And I don't remember who the player was, but for Carter's sake, it's good that it came out now and not two or three days before the draft like Tunsil's did when somebody wanted to get even with him. Right, right. Well, John, you bring up, uh, you know, the Bears – potential opportunity to move down, potentially move down twice. A lot of smoke around that lately. Uh, all Bears fans have, you know, their, their Madden GM caps on, and they're, they're going to get 100 picks for, you know, number one. Uh, realistically, from a Houston standpoint, what do you think is, is a, a realistic move-up trade for, for Houston? I don't think the Texans are going to trade. They've got the draft capital to do it. They've got 11 picks, two number one picks. They still have 12 that they got from Cleveland for Deshaun Watson. They have 10 next year, including two more ones, the last of the three that they got for Watson. And they need a quarterback in the worst way. They also need defensive linemen like Will Anderson Jr. And D'Amico Ryans being a defensive coordinator for the 49ers, he uh, – the, the when they hired him, it was more popular than any move I can ever remember since I've been covering NFL in Houston since 1977. People oh, were just so excited to have him because he's one of the all-time best and popular players, but also because the organization has been so pathetic, been involved in so much controversy, and having him come in here, people are pumped. It's the first time they've taken any kind of attention away from the Astros. Now, um, I, I tweeted earlier that the only way you can douse that D'Amico Ryan's fire would be to sign Jimmy Garoppolo or <laughs> say Davis Mills is going to start again. They need a franchise quarterback. They need Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Nobody likes the two the same. And I don't know. Nick Casario has final say on all personnel. D'Amico Ryan's, he comes from San Francisco where he's seen him trade for Garoppolo trade expensively to move up to get Trey Lance and then draft Mr. Irrelevant. So they've done all of that since he was there. And what worries me about Garoppolo, D'Amico Ryan's the new offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick, the new quarterback coach, Gerard Johnson, among other 49er coaches, they were with Garoppolo in San Francisco. And I'm hoping they realize he's injury prone. He's not going to get better. And if I'm Garoppolo, I don't want to come to the Texans. They're not going anywhere. I want to go somewhere where I got to actually have a chance to go to the playoffs. So that means he should go to the NFC South, where everybody has a chance to finish first or last. <laughs> right now, I wouldn't be saying it was the Saints because they signed Derek Carr. But 
Um, I think because Indy is so desperate, because they've started now six different quarterbacks in six years. Jim Irsay wants to make a move. Chris Ballard wants to make a move. Don't know all the capital they'll have. I think they'd be giving the Bears picks for the next three years. And uh, that they would be more likely to leap up and swap spots. And then they, if they took, say, Bryce Young, the Texans could take Stroud or vice versa. But I'd be surprised if the Texans would play because they had, I mean, make that move because they have so many needs on both sides of the ball. The last thing they can afford to do would be giving up draft choices. Well, they got so many, John. I mean, we could just—we only need—we only need a few, you know. No big deal. We're just—we're just moving one spot. We, we, the Bears are used to moving one spot for a quarterback, you know. Yeah, the Bears know what that's like. Moving up one spot for a quarterback. Another reason not to do it. Amen. Uh, well, John, you bring up almost all of our questions. Uh, you know, with Jimmy G and and kind of uh, the the Texans off season. Uh, so really what what's the general consensus on uh Casario and and him being on his third coach in as many years? Anybody uh I'll give you an example. D'Amico Ryan's the news conference at the Combine, like a lot of coaches, and a guy standing somewhere behind me brought up about what he meant was how could you want to work for such a bad organization? And I wanted to turn around and say, How many Texans games did you watch the last two years? Obviously, he hadn't watched any. Lovey Smith would still be the coach here if he had had an offensive coordinator other than Pep Hamilton. Pep's as bad as I've ever seen. Quarterback coach was awful. Their offense is the worst I've seen in this franchise's history. They got blasted constantly every day. There wasn't anything Lovey could do because he wanted to keep Pep Hamilton, who he coached with with the Bears, and he gave Pep total control of the coaches on offense, the personnel on offense, the play calls, everything. And it was a disaster. If they just had a mediocre offense, Lovey would still be the head coach. And David Culley, one of the all-time great guys, but he was just in over his head. And so anybody who watched him would know that. But nationally and around the country, people say, oh, my God, it's a terrible organization. They used to show a lot of patience with coaches like Gary Kubiak and Bill O'Brien. And uh, then when that NFLPA thing came out, and they were fourth best in the league at how their players uh, judged them, a lot of people here are like, what, did they get messed up? That must have been somebody else's. They must have met fourth from the bottom, not fourth from the top. So right now with those picks, they got cap money for the first time since Casario's been here. And I'll say this about Nick Casario. He came from the Patriots, and the week he got here, Deshaun Watson wanted to be traded. And it was a disaster. He had to navigate that. He didn't have first or second round picks because of stupid Bill O'Brien trades. <laughs> they didn't have a number one the year before because of another dumbass O'Brien trade. So he comes in his first picks, third round quarterback, Davis Mills, who looked real good at the end of his rookie year, but then they ruined him last season. And uh, so I think Casario, under the circumstances to get stockpile of draft choices, undergo a massive rebuild that he's done a good job to this point, but this time next season, they need to show some progress. They won four, four, and three games the last three years. I think somewhere, Domingo Ryans can do no wrong, but they got to get up somewhere in the fifth or sixth and give people hope. And uh, you draft a quarterback at the top, that's their first franchise quarterback since Sean Watson in 17 before his career here unraveled. Yeah, it's a it's a fun division too. I always enjoy 
like the Texans seem to beat the number one team at least once a year, and same thing with the Jags, and it, it's it's shaking up to be an awesome division. So uh, it'll be fun to see what happens there. Did you say awesome or awful? <laughs> it could be it could be both. I mean, it could no, be awesomely awful. awful. <laughs> awful. If you look at this division, the Jaguars should be the best team. But remember in 2017 when they took the Patriots to the brink to go to the Super Bowl at Gillette Stadium? We thought they were going to rule the roost for a while and everybody wanted more money and they got rid of them. This time, hopefully, Shad Khan, the owner, will say, I'm going to start giving those contracts to people that deserve it and he'll listen to Doug Peterson. And uh, they will be the best team. Titans seem to be rebuilding. Uh, the Colts and the Texans are rebuilding. Texans are the only ones that use the term rebuilding because you couldn't lie about it and try to act like it was anything else. And Nick Casario called it a massive rebuild. And that's that's exactly what it was. It was a massive rebuild, kind of like tearing down the Sears Tower and starting from the bottom. Well, I, well, the Bears are on that track, maybe a year or two, hopefully, hopefully ahead of the Texans. But w- with your number two overall pick, you've got, we've got we've already kind of assessed that you're not trading up for number one. What's your feel on the number two and, and, and D'Amico Ryan's it, it, verse? I mean, you got several options. You already kind of hit on all of them. But if it's your pick, are you taking Bryce Young or Will Anderson, or are you thinking about taking Will Anderson and maybe using that number twelve pick to, tr- to and some of those assets to move back up and take a Will Levis or somebody later? Uh, because it's really it's all about what the Colts do with that number one pick, John. So kind of what would you do? Because I kind of think we're moving back for the for the Colts. So what would you do in reaction to whatever the Colts do at number one? I think if the Colts take and, – and we're a long way from the final grades on these quarterbacks. Sure, absolutely, you know, absolutely. People said – Daniel Jeremiah, who I respect <laughs> greatly, said said C.J. Stroud threw the ball as well as anybody had seen at the combine. I'm like, well, my God, nobody's rushing him. You know, he's in shorts <laughs> and a T-shirt. When they don't throw great, that's when you need to worry about it. <laughs> and their pro – the pro days, you talk about a waste of time. They practice pro days like you're rehearsing for a – Broadway musical. They do it for weeks and weeks and weeks with the quarterback guru, the quarterback and receivers. So they should be great. And uh, you can't be fooled by that. You got to go by the tape. You guys know that you have to look at the tape and, but it's hard not to be impressed when you got pro days, private workouts, lunches, dinners, bring them in among the 30 players. I remember when Deshaun Watson came in among the 30, he was in their cafeteria and there were a few players that were eating in there because they've been working out. And the general manager who traded up to get him, Rick Smith, said he noticed all those veteran players got up and gravitated to Watson. He said he had cred because he lost the championship game to Alabama, then he'd beaten Alabama in the championship game, and everybody knew it, and they knew how great he'd played. So the the leadership was something that he liked. I think that whichever one is not there, Stroud or Young, and they'll both be really highly rated, the one that doesn't go one is the one Texans will take him too. If you're gonna, if you need a quarterback, you guys know this. Look, look at the way the Tubisky thing backfired. And I don't know if Phils is the guy. I don't know what you guys think about it. But he, I saw the other day the Jets have started 
14 different quarterbacks over the last 10 years. And you don't want to be on that treadmill to oblivion where you just every year you're ended up with somehow with Andy Dalton or Ryan Fitzpatrick or a guy like that. You want to get your guy. You can get pass rushers. You can get everything to go around him. You better get the quarterback. And that's why I think the Texans and the Colts will get the first two. I could see Anthony Richardson going, I think he would be better off going somewhere like Josh McDaniels or Frank Wright. Both of them have years left on their contract. Frank five, McDaniels four. Former quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators, he needs to go to one of those type of coaches and watch and learn for a while till he's ready to play. Will Levis will probably go the other one. And I think Hendon Hooker from University of Tennessee is going to be a first-round pick despite tearing up his ACL and being 25 years old because if he, if he doesn't start till he's 26 in his second year, if he plays till he's 35, that's a 10-year career. By then, they may all be Brady playing till they're 45. So Hooker, he'd be mentioned right up there with them, I believe, if he hadn't blown out his knee. And if he was a first-round pick before he got hurt, he should be a first-round pick after. Now, John, I got to ask you this, just, you know, this is maybe switching a little bit because it's not pertaining to the Texans as much, but the Colts are in your division, obviously. And uh, from our from our perspective here, uh, so many Colts fans are telling us there is no way there's not a snowball's chance in hell that Chris Ballard will give up more than one first round pick to move up to number one. But from our perspective, it seems like he's kind of on his last leg there in Indianapolis. Um I just want to hear where you think the Colts are at. Um, and he, I mean, he's been there for seven or eight years and has one playoff win. So I want to, I, I'm just curious to see if you think, you know, is this the year that the Colts finally get desperate and pony up the money to, uh, to move up to that number one pick possibly. And when they won that one playoff game, it was here after the 2018 season with Andrew Luck. And it's not Chris's fault. He had a lot of chances to be a GM when he was with the bears and then the chiefs. And he wanted to go somewhere where he didn't have to worry about a quarterback. He had a franchise quarterback. Man, he goes to the Colts. He's going to have Andrew Luck for 10 years. And so I feel bad for him working for Jim Irsay. They said Jim Irsay wanted Wentz. Jim Irsay wanted Wentz cut. You know, they they when they when they hired Jeff Saturday, I watched that news conference and Jim Irsay was so excited. And you look at Chris Ballard and he looked like he just under, undergone a colonoscopy. And he just, you could tell he did not like what was going on. But I think most people think he's going to be out of there soon. And I think hiring Shane Steichen was really good. Texans interviewed him. He was one of the finalists. I thought it was a really good move. And uh, But as far as giving up a lot, when you don't have a plethora of extra picks like the Texans do. You're going to be giving up picks down the road, and I think that would be good for the Bears because a team's like a salad. You don't want too much green. And if the Bears are going to be bringing in some expensive free agents plus draft choices that they acquired, they don't want them all this year. You know, I'm sure Ryan Pohl's going to be looking for them in 24, maybe 25, and I think that'd be a smart way to continue to rebuild the Bears. And uh, I like Matt Eberflus a lot. I watched him, Texans interviewed him two years ago, and I thought he might have a chance to get the job. And uh, so if Fields is the guy, and you hope Fields is the guy because you don't want to be in this situation again, Trubisky, Fields, and then whoever the next guy is, I think things look good 
for the Bears, and I think things look good for the Colts, but Chris Ballard, if Jim Ursay says trade three number ones, I ain't getting any younger, then he's going to trade three number ones. <clears throat> yeah, well, Bears fans would not mind that. We are uh, talking live with John McClain at McClain on NFL underscores between both of those. Uh, John, we're we're having a great time talking with you. Uh you know, we we've seen like Joe top the show off that the franchise tag just passed. Uh, there's some very interesting things going on in the NFL. It's, it's one of the more fascinating off seasons with, you know, Aaron Rodgers potentially moving Lamar Jackson, potentially moving Derek Carr, like you said, signed with the saints. Uh, you got just some very interesting things. What are, what are, what's your take on this NFL off season so far, John? It's been very interesting, and it's going to get more interesting. Usually you don't see this many franchise tags. Some teams did not use franchise tags that people predicted they would. And I'll, I'll say this about Daniel Jones. If you say, what's the best thing about Daniel Jones? He doesn't throw interceptions. That's a lot of money for a guy that doesn't throw interceptions. Now, Brian Dable did a great job with Josh Allen and Josh Allen kind of regressed in his first season without Dable. And I think Daniel Jones is going to continue to get better, especially when they put better people around him at receiver. And, uh, and he's only 25. You know, he may sign two or three more contracts. So that's a great deal for him. It's all about timing. Giants made the playoffs. People are pumped. I think the Jets and the Packers must have a deal. The parameters already worked out for everybody to go all the way across the country and meet with Aaron Rodgers. I'm guessing it's too much for Rodgers to have to go to New York. And uh, maybe they're going to go on a darkness retreat together. But it looks like Rodgers is going to be gone. It's going to be Jordan Love era. And you know what? It, after they had Favre and Rodgers, it's about time they struggle. Like, I feel I have, I have no sympathy for the Colts after they had Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck and having to watch them every year two times. So I'm glad to see the Colts have to suffer a little bit with the quarterback. And Lamar Jackson, you know, nobody talks about his injuries. He's missed 10 games the last two years. He's won one playoff game. Yes, he's a great quarterback. He's an MVP. He's got a great record. Um, teams do not want to give him a guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract like Deshaun Watson got. Is that collusion? Of course. Can you prove it? No. I don't think in this day and age any of these owners are dumb enough to be emailing and texting on the company email and uh, cell phones. At least I don't think so. Maybe Dan Snyder. And the thing is about Lamar Jackson, if somebody else gives him a deal that the Colts like, they'll uh, sign him themselves and say, thank you for doing the work for us. But if they don't, they'll let him go, take the two ones, and draft somebody like Hendon Hooker. And uh, – a lot of people are talking about Atlanta and all these teams where he might go, and then there's these teams leaking it. They're not interested. And I feel bad for Lamar Jackson. I think he would already been signed if he'd had an agent instead of advisors listening to the NFLPA. They're doing what's best for them in the union, not necessarily what's going to be best for him. And if you told most guys, if you say, look, we'll give you $150 million guaranteed, put your ego out of it, like Derek Carr did. Carr might have been able to get more money from someplace else, but he's happy. He wanted to go to the Saints, and people are saying, oh, he didn't do a good job. His agent did a good job. If he's happy, he did a good job. And so I think Lamar Jackson, I expect him to be back in Baltimore uh, playing under that franchise tag. 
We're talking about John McClain, and make sure you check him out at GalleySports.com. We're talking about new quarterbacks, which the Houston Texans are, as you predict, are going to have this coming year, and our Bears are working in a third-year guy with Justin Fields. It makes me think about Brandon Cooks and how he relates to kind of both franchises. Brandon Cooks kind of expressed some displeasure along the way with Houston. He's, he's, he's you know, been a quality receiver at times in his career. I just want to get kind of your opinion on Brandon Cooks and kind of where you think his future lies and uh, if you see him contributing to either the, the Texans or the Bears uh, in 2023. The um, Cooks was a model player. The only time he didn't have a 1,000 yards in his career was last year with the Rams when he had a concuss concussions. And the best deal that Bill O'Brien made out of all the bad deals he made as general manager was getting Cooks for a low two. He had a high two, but he gave the low one. And he got him, and he came in and had 2,000-yard receiver seasons, and then he was a model, model citizen, leader. Everybody loved him. And then last year, they're losing again, and trade deadline comes, and, and he thought he was going to the Cowboys. And the Cowboys wouldn't give them what they wanted, and they didn't want to dump their best receiver because these injuries to their other two receivers. So unless they got something really good, they weren't going to do it. And he got mad, and uh, he didn't show up. And then they took his captaincy away from him. Lovey Smith did, but they let him come back, and he played well. He can still run. He's small, but he's avoided any kind of injuries other than three years ago when he had a couple concussions. Not been an issue with Houston. Cleveland may be interested in him too to reunite him with Deshaun Watson. Cleveland, I'm guessing. Is interested in DeAndre Hopkins uh, because Watson and Hopkins are real close. But if I'm Bears and I'm looking for a veteran receiver that I didn't have to pay break the bank for, I'd definitely be interested in Brandon Cooks to help out a young quarterback like Justin Fields. Awesome. What do you think the uh, compensation would be for a guy like Cooks? Oh, truthfully, uh, there was a report nationally, and you know how those reports are, that the Texans turned down at two. Give me a break. You think that Nick Casario has, I'm an idiot across his forehead? They would have taken a two for him in a heartbeat. And I'm guessing you could get him for a mid-round pick and maybe throw in uh, stipulation if he hits 1,000 yards, it's one round higher. But I don't think he, he makes $18 million. And the Bears might shy away from that. I don't think so, but it would give it would give Fields what he needs—a dependable receiver. And that's the thing about Cooks; he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. And there was a, everybody wonders, well, why did he get traded all those times? Well, people had investigated why he got traded. The Saints wanted a pick to draft Ryan Ramchick, their Pro Bowl right tackle. The uh, Patriots didn't want to pay him. The Rams were worried about the concussion. So, and if the Texans trade him, it's just because they're ready to move on at this point in his career. So I'm guessing I'd get him for a mid-round pick, but that's just my opinion. Well, John, this has been a huge pleasure for us, and we really appreciate you cutting some time out on your on your Tuesday night. I know you had a long week last week at the Combine. Uh, make sure everybody go out and follow him at McLean on NFL with underscores on between those, and read all his work at gallerysports.com. It's been a huge pleasure for us, John. Thank you so, so much for being on with us tonight. Guys, it's my pleasure. You think Ryan Pauls would take Brandon Cooks to swap places? Run that mine. Thank, well, we're, we're talking How can to he later. pass that up? <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you guys Absolutely. very much. Thanks, John. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much, Sean. Have a good one. Thank you.
There Ooh, we go, man. John McLean. What a John what an interview. McClain. That was amazing. That guy is so tapped in. He he just it just flows, you know. Just rattles off every situation, you know, from so, the coaching staff to the players. Yeah, my, I mean, so my head's still spinning about that. So he thinks we're trading in the top four, and he thinks it's going to take a while, which is contrary to what we talked about before the show of it possibly happening before free agency, which I thought was interesting. But he seems like he's very intent on the Colts trading up the one, which is interesting to me because we hear so much of the opposing view on Twitter, like, Ballard's not going to do it. There's no way he's going to do it. But to his point, I mean, Ursay says jump. Ballard says how high. That's as simple as it gets. Well, and it's it's fans on Twitter, right? They don't they don't know, you know. They don't have a they don't, right, they don't have a clue. To, they don't to their point, he's never done anything like this before. Like it's very unballard like. So and it and it hasn't worked, you know. Right. It, it's not right. it's not working out. And you know, John brought up some good points of how Ballard kind of got put in a rough spot, and Ursay's a hard man to work for with his. <laughs> I want this and I want that. You know, give me another eight ball, but uh, you know, it'll it'll be all right. It'll it'll be fun. I I thought it was interesting. Imagine going into a job though, thinking you have a franchise quarterback for probably right. eight nine Especially more years. Especially Andrew Luck, dude. That's insane. right, right. Oh, he just bounces like, out. He yeah, and his wife. His wife's like, this isn't worth it anymore. He's like, you're right. We just had a baby. What were we gonna say, Chris? Uh, I was I'm just sorry, gonna Chris, say. Go no, it, I think, you know, it's funny, like, once the Combine started and all these rumors started, all of our opinions started going everywhere, right? Where if you go back a couple of months or a month when we first found out we had the number one pick, the Colts were, like, the obvious, this is the, this is the deal, right? And now we're cir- coming for, full circle back to that uh, with uh, uh, an AFC South uber insider in john mcclain kind of saying the colts are probably the team that's gonna gonna make that leap uh it'll be it'll be very interesting i wonder all right so like let's start to like put the two pieces together in that let's say colts trade up to one they take qba doesn't matter who it is uh texans take qbb and then you have Arizona. I don't know if do they, does somebody trade up to Arizona spot? They they've been willing to move down to take Levis or Richardson. And then the Bears are there at four. And now let's say Arizona takes Anderson for you know for whatever scenario. Yeah. yeah. Do the Bears at four take a player? Or do they move down and out of that for that last QB spot, you know, they can move down to seven or nine and, and Richardson or Levis are there at four, the first four picks are quarterbacks. Do you think that that's a scenario that could play out? It's definitely possible. I just, I feel like every year we think the quarterbacks are going to fly off like one, two, three, it never happens that way. There's I don't think they go like that. Except, the, except the fucking fields year where it did happen like that. Well, it went you one, know. two, three. One, two, three, and then it did went it, like. Did it go one, two, three? Who was the third quarterback? Uh, Trey Lance. Lance. Oh, that's right. He did go three. It was Lawrence. It was yeah. Lawrence Wilson Lance, and then it was Fields again at All eleven. Right. Yeah. Well, I think I think the biggest wild card in this is that there's so many veteran quarterbacks available. Yes. That I think that market is the teams that miss out on those guys will probably be more likely to trade with the Cardinals at three, in my opinion. Like. 
I could see the Falcons if they don't get Lamar. They said they weren't going to pursue Lamar, but I could see the Falcons maybe moving up there as opposed to one and drafting a Richardson or Levis or someone like that. But I think the first pick is going to be teams who are not even interested in that market at all. You know, it's you know, what's funny is like uh, Ryan Pace in Atlanta. I bet loves Lamar Jackson. I bet you that's the kind of guy you <laughs> like. You, that's a. I mean, it's it's a it's a much better version of Marcus Mariota, right? He, he was just absolutely <laughs> obsessed with. What are they? They're just not giving Desmond Ritter a chance. <laughs> nah, nah, not, not not one bit. Nah. It is interesting. Not, not if you're serious, to, if you want to win, Desmond Ritter's not your guy. For me personally, I'm just fascinated by the Panthers because I think that is another team who's been on this quarterback carousel forever. Yes, and I'm pretty sure their owner just wants a franchise quarterback. Tepper. And they, I feel like they seem like they're. They're probably the most well-equipped to bring in a rookie. Like, they have a decent roster. I mean, look what Tepper's done. They went out and got, they went out and got Sam Donald. They went out and got Mayfield. He's been desperate. They've been swinging for the fences. They were in so, on I the mean, Deshaun Watson game. After, I mean, after Cam Newton kind of, his body gave up on him, that was it for the Panthers since. You know what's interesting is somebody was making uh, Richardson, Richardson comparisons to Cam, not – exactly but like oh richardson's athletic and he's making you know, him to himself and he's and he's you know kind of like cam newton and the panthers had cam newton and blah 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 blah, blah and they were making those ties but i don't want to make those ties uh to me with the panthers with their with their you know ready roster right now they have a very solid defense uh they have a, a stellar wide receiver out there uh and I think they got to get one of the top two guys. They can't like hope that Levis doesn't suck because of the O line situation, and they right. can't wait for Richardson to to mature into you know an accurate uh, you know thoughtful or a strategic quarterback you know that can make timing throws and things like that. So they they almost have to get up to Stroud and Young if they're serious about getting one of these draftable quarterbacks. Exactly. So that's, that's, I think, is the biggest wild card. I think it'll come down to the Panthers, and especially if the Texans are staying at two, I mean, that's going to create urgency by itself because if teams know that the Texans, well, depending if the, if the teams know the Texans are going to stay at two and take a quarterback, then it's like either you get one or you're, you're on quarterback three. So, yeah. I mean, this is this whole thing is fascinating. I mean, what do you guys think about all the uh, kind of stuff that was coming out about the Bears last week? You think that's just uh, Ryan Poles puffing that out, or you think this is real smoke? Well, uh, I, I don't want to call our friend John. I mean, awesome to have him, but but a lot of the news that we've heard, uh, and I'm sure she might be, it might just be the Bears' um, echo chamber, and that might just be it. Really, uh, is that the, the that the deal is getting close to being done? <clears throat> John said it's not going to be done for a while. Uh, but Rich Eisen said that he's he's heard that he, it's getting close to being done, and apparently Ryan Poles is kind of uh, giving off that that you know a couple of teams are far down the road, and he's he's just kind of got a couple by the balls at the moment. So uh, I, I I don't know. I I, I hope that. <laughs> I hope that Ryan Poles is uh, do, doing, you know, is, is, you know, orchestrating 
the off season the way we perceive because that's well, awesome. I, I think I think he is just from the pure fact that this is chaos. It's like every single person you could talk to will probably have a different opinion of what's going on. Right. Right. And that's what it seems like. And I mean, he's been doing his media tours. He was even on the, the freaking Barstool podcast, which is like crazy that our GM is doing those now. But like awesome at the same time that they have a sense of humor and are just not, you know, crazy stuck up. But Chris, what I mean, what do you think about all this, man? Man, it's crazy. I mean, the amount of smoke, like you said, Luke, could could be could go any direction. It literally could go any direction. It could all be bullshit. Uh, you know, the, the PMT, uh, podcast was fantastic because it, it opened up and big cats asking polls about, you know, is it is smoke screen season over yet? Are we, are we still throwing out bullshit? And, uh, and polls is like, it ain't over yet. And his face was so fucking serious. Like it was just like, we ain't done yet. Like we are still lying. Like it's our job. So, uh, I don't know. I think they could be throwing things out like a deal's almost done, maybe to create more um, urgency on some other teams. Do you you truly believe they want to get this done before free agency because of those benefits? No, I don't. And I don't think there is that much of a benefit. I mean, what's the big benefit? Getting a player, potentially? Yeah, I guess. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons is the biggest player that we've all heard. That's okay. That's that's what I want to touch on next, because that What's going on in Tennessee is very fascinating to me. I think so what, why? I mean, well, why first, could, before we get to, to 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 the free agency, I got a, I got a draft question. One more draft question since we're on draft. I'm not even done with the draft yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. Saying, call, call, I can't even see you, Joe. Bro. You're all logging. Breaks, You're lagging bro. down there. The uh, so like what I was gonna say is Simmons could get traded on draft day. I don't think Poles needs to have any sense of urgency to get something done before free agency because. Like, what happens if they land, like, a bunch of free agents that kind of shift their draft plan anyway, and they can either take a lesser offer to move down a little bit, or they can... What if they're, like, you know, they go balls to the wall and get a bunch of players that, you know, Phil needs that in the first nine picks, they're, they're, they're fine not taking, and they drop a lot farther. So I think free agency is really going to dictate this thing uh, after hearing what John said, I mean, I, I was, I mean, I've been down the rabbit hole and, you know, going two to four to, you know, I'm doing big cat trades over here and having eight first next yep. year and, yep. you know, 37 seconds. And I had all 64 picks in the first two rounds for the next two years, you know, have all the picks, <laughs> have all of them. Uh, no, I'm joking. The, like, the, tit- the Titans thing is fascinating to me though, just because with the new GM, they are going to be in, kind of just a complete teardown. And, I mean, we saw what they did with A.J. Brown, obviously a different situation, different regime, but, you know, they, they didn't want to pony up the money to pay him, so they just traded him, and now they're at a point where they need a quarterback. They're sitting at 12, and potentially the only way to get that quarterback is to, to move to one, but to do that, they're going to have to give up immense, immense draft capital, you know, unprecedented amounts. So, Maybe you can lessen that load by giving up a guy like Jeffrey Simmons who's looking for another massive deal and that this GM didn't draft. So I think out of any player trades, that's probably the only one that I would want to do. And it's fascinating to me because I think there is a little smoke around that front about what the Titans are going to do with Simmons and him wanting a new contract. 
Well, how does Jalen Carter's arrest play into all this? And that's what I was going to ask because you, you, last week we recorded before the arrest stuff came out, and then it came out. Um, and so, how, how far is that? Because last week, up until the moment, we were all sitting here like, "Ah, Carter or Anderson at four, it's fine, no big deal." Does his arrest push him down to six, nine, twelve, wherever? And does that throw another wrench into letting us move further back for a Skaronsky at nine? You know, I think that is. I saw something today that said Carter's probably not even going to be drafted in the top five. Again, we don't know because there's still a lot of information that has to come out. Right. But if if you are committing a top five pick, it is hard to commit it to a guy who is under investigation for a crime at the moment because that. I mean, a top five pick is different than picking him at pick ten or fifteen or whatever. You know, you're lessening the risk the further you move back. So if the Bears were to move into the Colts pick, I don't know if they would feel comfortable taking him there. And and personally, I don't be I think we saw a little bit into how this regime is going to run things last year when they passed on George Pickens. They supposedly took him off the draft board for his character concerns. I saw that. I don't know if that was confirmed, but if it's true, then I can't imagine he Jalen Carter also wouldn't be off the draft boards. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. That's well, that makes me point. want Simmons a lot more because I I think we need that that middle. I think we need that defensive tackle that 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 front guy who's gonna gonna kind of anchor the defense. Ironically enough, Jalen Carter's comp was Jeffrey Simmons. Well, give us the proven guy, at Tennessee, and two more yeah. first, and then that's that's fascinating. That would be quite the haul to get a Simmons two first, and then also draft another guy at 12 that'd be sick but did you guys see that where Paul said um he said they have seven guys who, who they consider in their blue bucket the blue chip bucket which is their highest rated bucket that they would take first overall let's let's so, name them well I'm, I'm gonna guess that there's quarterbacks in there too to be honest yeah 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 stroud and young is two I don't think any of the other quarterbacks would be there. I agree Anderson I think, I think it would be Carter also would be in the blue bucket regardless of the from just playing the field who who would the other three be i think skaronsky honestly i there's something about him i think he's just such a a safe a safe football player that they would be comfortable taking him high yeah i I, no i agree with that i agree with that uh do you think it's quentin johnson maybe or jsn no i don't know I'm gonna guess oh. one of the. I'm gonna guess Tyree Wilson would be one of the other guys too. The other edge rusher, and the, the Texas the seventh, Tech kid, the seventh guy. I don't know. Brian I'm just, Branch. I'm just spitballing here. Breezy. It's Brian Breezy. It's Brian Branch. Who the hell is Brian Branch? He's a safety. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Breezy. Brian Breezy. Brian. I don't know. I don't know who their seventh player would be. It might be JSN. I don't know. It's probably one of the corners. Yeah, this is a good Christian Gonzalez is pretty sick. Well, anyway, that's that's just a little nugget that I thought was interesting, which tells what me is- they they would probably be comfortable dropping down to nine because if they let's just say they included two of the four quarterbacks in there, that means there would be two extra guys in that list. If you follow what I'm saying. Well, let's do it. Let's drop to nine and be at nine and at 12 and, you know, all over the map. 
Yeah, we need picks. We really do. We need a guy like Peter Skaronsky and Brian Branch and, you know, before Will we, Anderson. Before we dive into the, uh, the free agency, like we said, what, what did you guys think of the Combine? You know, do we, do we agree with John? Do we not put too much stock into it? Is it... The combine is more about the, the interviews and medicals. At the combine, anyone catch your attention? I mean, those D linemen were moving, man. That was impressive. I'll tell you this, man. There are definitely drills that translate. Yeah. Like, I was, for example, I was excited to see Luke Van Ness run the, the, uh, the three-cone drill because I didn't think he was that athletic, and he tested really well, which, mm-hmm. like, to me, I was like, okay, awesome. That, mm-hmm. was, that was good to see. I think yeah, for, sure. like, edge rushers and D-linemen, that kind of stuff is pretty important. But, like, straight-line 40s for, like, offensive linemen is kind of dumb. Yeah, I want to see... Uh, oh, did you see that team. guy get hurt? Towards ACL, yeah. Oh. oh, yeah, then put up 38 bench press. Dude, that's impressive. Have you ever tried, like, benching without your legs? No. Oh. Why would I? I'm... Well, that's basically what he did. I mean, he could have probably got six to eight more reps if he had his legs grounding him i right. know but why would me as a normal human oh, being just oh, I, I don't without your are, legs <laughs> not people put them up on the bench and they just it's like straight chest i don't know it's that's a common whack. thing that's that but uh no major takeaways other than these guys now are just athletic monsters it's absolutely insane d lyman running 448 like i think it's i think it's super interesting seeing like yeah, like you said, super athletes, um, incredible measurables, just humongous human beings like Dewan Jones. Uh, offensive linemen having 39-inch verticals uh, is, is bananas. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was nuts. Um, yeah, Anthony Richardson having a, a 10 relative athletic score, which is as high as you can get, which is just sure. absolutely bananas. Sick was 6'3 and 244 and 10 and a half inch hands and 4'4 speed and put up four bajillion bench press reps. I mean, he's just an animal. Some team should move up to number one just to take that guy. There's, there's smoke around that too now, but as our friend John alluded to, you got to watch the tape and the tape was inconsistent, Mr. Richardson. Yeah. Uh, for sure. But yeah, no, I mean, like, but I, yeah, we talked about these super athletes, and it's funny, like, a guy like Will Anderson who runs a 4 6, we're like, is he really that slow? And we're just like, it's the same thing that, like, Cleo Mack ran. It's like, he's the same exact size as Cleo Mack. We're like, is he really that slow? As if that's like a, a really slow time now for a, for a D end. Absolutely terrible. Um, well, you know, before we, have the main course entree of the draft this year, which is, you know, what the Bears are are and what we're looking forward to. I think more than anything uh, is the appetizer of free agency. Mm. And I think we have, I mean, Bears have a ton of money, obviously. But free agency can be fool's gold. Uh, lots of players at positions that the bears need uh one of the biggest ones uh that the bears need is wide receiver as everybody is well aware of uh is one of the ones that's lacking uh kind of has no good like blue chip players as it were uh so who are some of the guys you all 
Lucas, I know you're you're drooling to talk about some free agents uh, that you that you want to see in Navy and Orange next year. Do you want to start with the wide receivers? Why don't we just start on offense? And you give. Why don't you give me right. your favorite we'll offensive add across all positions? Okay, I like that. Um, running back, I think is. So today we we got the news that Barkley was tagged. Um, previously, we talked about Josh Jacobs, who also got tagged. Tony Pollard got tagged. So the running back market went from once being one of the greatest free agent running back markets we've ever seen to now barren. Um, so we have obviously Montgomery's a free agent, Miles Sanders. Um, those are probably the two best running backs available, and I don't want either of them. I am fine just completely skipping out on running back this free agency. Mm-hmm. If you put a gun to my head and made me choose a guy, I would maybe look at a guy like Kareem Hunt or uh, maybe Raheem Mostert, but stress one in the middle round. Mostert's 31 with a bad injury yeah. history. No, I would, I would just draft one. I wouldn't even bother with this. What's your, uh, what's your take on like a Devin Singletary or an Alexander Madison who are in their mid-20s? Madison would be interesting because he's been in that backup role for so long. And you know, definitely when, when Cooks went out, he's been pretty solid. So that's interesting. I didn't, honestly didn't even know he was a free agent. What do you think about that, Joe? About Al, uh, Madison? Or just the I, running backs in general? No, well, I'm with you on skipping out on the running backs in general. I think that just draft a guy, you, you use one of your picks that you acquire uh, and, and, uh, and draft a guy because none of these guys are worth I mean, if you can get one of these guys on, on, on a cheap deal, bring Kareem Hunt on a, on a cheap deal, I like him, but, but I'm not really spent going out and eager to spend a whole – a lot of money like look at the skill positions i'm not eager to spend a whole lot of, a whole lot of money at the running back or at the wide receiver position either uh and, and i know we need it golly we need it but like it kind of sucks we've got a lot of assets <clears throat> we got a lot of money we got a lot of we, you know potential draft picks after we make some moves and <clears throat> i don't really love i don't really love the skill positions in either the draft or the wider or, or the free agency yeah, wide receiver is pretty, pretty barren to me as well. Uh, as far as skill positions goes, I do think there are some interesting tight end options. Uh, Bears could always use another tight end. I mean, we saw Cole Komet, uh, Golden Domer racking it up last year uh, with, I believe, over 600 yards and over six touchdowns. And he's the man. Pretty much sealed the deal. I think that should have been the jersey bet that Joe should have paid up for. But uh, I really like Irv Smith. Um, and yeah. I think he's an athletic freak for the position. I mean, he's a, he's a pretty athletic, uh, talent at, at tight end. And then Hayden Hurst always bounces around, but he's a, he's a solid talent. Yeah. Uh, and there's Dalton Schultz out there as well, who I think is going to command a little bit too much money for my taste. Uh, so kind that's kind of where I'm at. Similar to commit to play style. Right. Wise. I mean, that's tight end is interesting, I think, because that may be your class, strongest group. This tight end class, well, I was going to say this tight end draft class is insanely deep. Some of these guys were saying there might be four tight ends that go in the first round. I mean, this yeah. is an absurd, like, you can, you can draft tight end five, six, seven, and he would be tight end one in some other classes. So 
again, if the Bears get more assets, I maybe go for more of a Adam Evan, an Evan Ingram type tight end where he's more of a wide receiver that you're going to put in the slot as opposed to an inline Cole Komet type. So, like again, a Mike, I don't know, like a Mike Gesicki. Yeah, except I wouldn't sign him. <laughs> so like an but, Adam Shaheen. Uh, the skill positions are just, yeah, you're right there, a little bit whack. I mean, looking in free agency at the wide receiver market, Jacoby Myers is the, the big the big fish, if you will, <sighs> and he is nothing to write home about. But uh, the, from the a, only the only wide receiver I might be interested in would be Darius Slayton. I was going to say Slayton is my guy, and he has the connection to Tyke Tolbert, too, from New York. He's had some drop issues, but I've always think he's been underutilized in New York, to be honest, and he would be a, a really good, you know, buy low candidate for the Bears. Um, I expect him to be. He's only 26 years old. Yeah, yeah, no. I think he was an undrafted free agent or something like that. He kind of flew under the radar, and he had that one really good season there. But I expect the Bears to also be interested in McCole Hardman and maybe Paris Campbell due to their connections to KC and Indy, but I think Hardman might be. Hardman's probably going to be a little bit hotter of a commodity than people think. Oh, yeah. Somebody's going to want to pay him. It's so stupid. That speed, that's speed, man. So I mean, Paris, like, Paris Campbell's interesting to me. If I had Paris to choose Cam- between the like, two. Yeah, I like Paris Campbell. I mean, he, like, he. Yeah. He put up some points from my fantasy teams in the in the second half of the season. He had a. Hit a couple of good games. Um, just, just that asset of having speed is going to make. Uh, I, well, that's Hardman. what I was going to say. All, all three of those guys between Hardman, Campbell, and and um, Slayton, they kind of bring that speed aspect that the Bears need. So any three of those would be a good fit. But again, I don't really know how much money these guys are going to command. I mean, I'm more worried about fixing the trenches and free agency. Right. Well, if right. You get, if you get that fixed, then then you really. I mean. Shoot, you have a lot to work with, in my opinion. What do y'all think about Mike McGlinchey? <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. There's there's three big tackles in this class. You got McGlinchey, you got Caleb McGarry, who who was drafted by Chris Morgan, by the way, in Atlanta. So that's interesting. They drafted him in the first round when Morgan was the coach there with Shanahan. And then you have uh, Jawan Taylor, who the Jaguars are going to let test the market. I'll pass on Jawan Taylor. All right, Joe's passed on Jawan Taylor. Chris, what do you think? I'm Definitely. taking I'm taking I'm taking Taylor, but I'd be super okay. fine with McGlinchey as well. I think McGlinchey's gonna be the guy they end up getting. I mean the fit just makes too much sense. But I am with you, Chris. I want Jawan Taylor. I think the Bears need pass blocking. Their their true pass sets last year were horrendous. Um Did you call I them think... did you call them pass sets? True like pass, sets. pass sets. I thought you were saying like assets, but with pass that they're bringing in, like a pass asset. Set. Like, See, that would wow, be clever. Man, that was that was smooth. We, we run so much boot action that true pass sets is few and far between in Bears my vocabulary. Uh, somebody was talking about you know how Taylor isn't the best run blocker, but that in systems past before like uh uh. Urban Meyer got there. He was a great run blocker. He just got put in shitty situations after that. And then last year with Peterson, he was he was a great uh, great pass blocker and wasn't really asked to run block all that much. But that in this system, he could definitely be a good a good run blocker again. And we already know he can pass block. So uh, I think Taylor is a, a has good upside. Uh, he's also 
I think a couple of years younger than he's only 25. He's young. Is it, isn't McGlinchey like 20, 28, 28? Yeah. So then we don't know where birthdays lie. So it's probably a couple of years, but I think Taylor could be a good, a good pickup uh, for, for the bears. But um, McGlinchey's McGlinchey's good, man. Um, Golden Domer, man. Aren't they all good? Well, I, I mean, they all, they, and he's been running that that system, outside zone, you know, yeah. that outside right. zone forever. So. He's good. Joe, yeah. I want to know why you don't like Taylor, just out of curiosity. Didn't he go to, correct me, didn't he go to Denver and he got hurt in an offseason? No, he's been with the Jaguars his whole career. Who am I thinking? This is his second contract. Uh, you're thinking, you, uh, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his name. I don't know if you're talking about the right dude, Joe. Well, no. <laughs> then maybe I'm not. I mean, he has played over a thousand snaps um, in all four of his NFL seasons, so he's a durable guy as well. Uh, he hasn't McGl- hurt. Hasn't McGlinchey had some? He tore his Achilles or something. Tore his yeah. hamstring or tore an ACL. All right, fucking give me Juwan Taylor. Uh well moving on to some I just want whoever's gonna be mean and wait nasty. can we can we can we talk about this real quick too Orlando Brown no. didn't get tagged do we have yeah. any interest in him I know we talked about this I personally don't like the guy Ooh. but he's obviously a Ryan Poles fit no I mean just because he has Ryan Poles ties doesn't mean he's a Ryan Poles fit well I figured Ryan Poles probably had some part in acquiring him to Kansas City. Because him and the um, someone else on Polls' staff were both there as high high ranking executives when they made that trade for him. Fair. Um, I like I said in uh, our chat, if he's willing to play right tackle, I mean, I don't. I think he's gotten too slow to play left tackle. He's not. Understand. He's not really a scheme fit at all. He's very slow. His feet are slow, and I think what people don't really understand is like. They're talking about all these pass-blocking metrics, which he wasn't very good at last year, by the way. I, they're like, yeah, he improved over the year. We're also talking about Patrick Mahomes, who's probably the best player in the NFL at evading pressure. So that, I mean, you switch that with Justin Fields, who's quite the opposite. <laughs> we, we have some issues, I think. I think he's very overrated, and I think he's going to get paid way too much. I agree with you. What do you think about Ben Powers? I love Ben Powers, man. If they're yes. gonna, that's a plug and play guard. He's a scheme fit. He again, another durable guy from Baltimore. Yes. I love that. If they, he's another guy too. He's young. He's twenty five, twenty six. I mean, I think that's like plug and play at guard. But they would have to make a decision on white hair, which I think he should be replaced. But yeah, I don't know, man. I, I I'm not a. I've always been a white hair fan, I guess. I don't hate um I don't I don't know. I just like he's never been the replaceable guy to me. I think that they screwed him over moving him around too much. Yeah. And if they'd have left him at guard his whole career, he'd have been fine. Uh what do you guys think about Nate Davis from Tennessee? I don't know too much about him to be honest with you. I mean same same <laughs> same, same scheme. Um he's had he's, he has had some injury. Um but I mean, twenty six years old, still still young, and uh, like I said, scheme fit. Probably 
a little bit lower on the on the pay chart along with like a Dalton Risner or Reisner or whatever you want to mm-hmm. say. Uh, or an Isaac Samalu who kind yeah, of mentioned there right. for Philly. Uh, Risner actually, we so uh, my work here, I, I work in Denver, right? So um, my work here got him to do a cameo for one of my co- colleagues. Uh, so that was that was pretty interesting. Uh, and yeah, he's 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 a big, smelly, nasty guy, like you like to like you like to see Joe. That's what we want. That's what we want. Yeah. I think he's pretty athletic though, too. He's, Not bad. Yeah. Uh, Ethan, Ethan Postick or Pochick or Pockick or however you say that CIC at the end of his name Pochick. is another name that the Bears community wants to have at center, uh, which is He's probably, probably the biggest interior need. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how they address this again. I don't I don't know. I feel like center is one of those things that I personally like drafting that position. But outside of him, I don't really know if there's much else out there of guys who would be very good centers. We're not going to bring back that Packers bum, Lucas Patrick? Oh, I, I have a bad feeling he might be our starting center. but Patrick Lucas? Oh, I, 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 I would like to see Fields build rapport with a young center. A, a long-term solution? Yeah, yeah. Get whether the dude that played with him at Ohio State. Well, whether, it's a, if, whether if it's a draft pick, Wipler? Man, Wipler. that's... That sounds like a, something you do after you use the bathroom. His last name is W Y P L E R. Are you done? That? Are you done doing your wipeler? <laughs> you guys you got your wipeler taken care of. He's uh, gonna whip your ass. So, I mean, Doug Kramer was a guy that everybody was was high on in the offseason last year. Uh, draft pick towards ACL. Towards ACL coming back this year is uh, on track to be ready for. I'm not sure if it's OTAs or if he's going to be ready for uh, preseason or, or training camp or whatever, but something like that, you know, is what I what I would like to see, and maybe some sort of. I mean, if it's Lucas Patrick as the bridge to Kramer or a draft pick, then so be it. If I never see Lucas Patrick play another down, I'll be happy. Speaking of uh, center, you guys see uh, Sam Mustafer's brother at the combine. I think his. His RAS was 1.42, which mm. might have been the lowest I've ever seen. That's all in family. Seen. No, it was 10.42. They just couldn't even measure it. He, so ran, a, he ran a 5.41.40. Oh, oh, my God. That is horrible. Was that he gigantic, skipping? Was he skipping? Gi- <laughs> Dude, his 20-yard his split was 3.12. Oh, my God. Damn. And his, um, 27 inch vertical jump. That's hilarious. I think my old ass shit. could do that right now. I think you could, dude. I think you could backpedal faster than he could run. <laughs> well, moving over to the defensive side of the ball, we'll, <laughs> we'll stay in the trenches because uh, Ben Powers. That's who we need, Chris. Ben Powers. Ben I, Powers. Ben, I think Ben Powers are going to be kind of kind of pricey. Uh, we don't care. We got we got a lot of money. I think guard is taken care you. of next year. Uh, so we got a, a shit ton of money. Well, then, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, Bears fans want to go ape shit on the offensive line, but I really see only two big knees in that center and right tackle. You know, I think right guard is locked. Uh, I think left tackle, I think they love Braxton Jones. Uh, and left guard, 
Cody's very serviceable. Right. I, I, I will say him, it is what it is. I will say realistically, I think more so than a Ben Powers, I think a Sayamalu or an Andre Dillard is more realistic to bring in depth for those swing positions. Like if you bring in Dillard, you can bring in at least competition for Braxton Jones at left tackle slash reassurance with a vet behind him. You know what I mean? It's a guy he should beat out, but you have veteran presence there. And then same with Whitehair. If you bring in Sayamalu, he can play all over the line. Whitehair gets hurt, perfect. You plug and play him and you're still not bad off. So I agree with you, Chris. They're probably not going to go. They're probably going to go nuts on a right tackle, and that's probably it. And then fill out some depth. Right, and they they have so many like people. Fu- Do y'all forget how bad this defense was last year? I mean, this Atrocious. defense line was fucking terrible. I mean, give me Draymond Jones, give me Hargrave, give me Ashawn Robinson, all of them. Like, give them all, and keep Justin Jones. So I know we, we talked last week about the, the Hargrave versus Draymond Jones situation, which is interesting. You know, Hargrave's 30, Draymond's 26. They both projected probably, I think we saw 18 to 20 million a year, which is steep for a D tackle. Um, another guy I think no one's talking about is Zach Allen from the Cardinals. He's kind of like Draymond Jones. He's a 3-4 DN that could play inside, and he's been a solid pro his career, but he's not that big name. So he's going to come a little bit cheaper than those guys. Did you say Dalvin Tomlinson? I said Zach Allen, but oh. Dalvin Tomlinson is a good, another good name that could possibly play three technique, but a- he's NFL, not going to give you that pass NFL, rush. NFL.com has Zach Allen as their eighth best free agent. That's that's pretty high. I didn't even realize he was that high, but he, he's very good. I yeah. started watching yeah. more of him when someone brought him up. But I don't Are think, you, like, compared to, like, Draymond and Hargrave, I think he'll be a notch below that pay-wise. They have Draymond at seven just for just for comparison's sake. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying I don't have I don't have scouting uh tape on the Broncos and the Cardinals just, you know, playing on a loop in my house. So I don't know. But Why not? Uh, uh Bluey is usually on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys got anyone else on the uh D line there that you want to talk about or edge rushers? I mean, this is a interesting edge Mark- class, there's not much. Marcus Davenport. Do you think they look at Frank Clark at all, who was just released by the Chiefs? Not at 30. A little vet, little vet edge rusher. I am interested by Samson Ebukam from the 49ers. What, what makes you interested in him? Uh, all right, I should say I'm interested in him because I think it's a realistic signing for the Bears. He's kind of a name that flies under the radar. He's very athletic and traitsy, but really hasn't had like a full-time, full-time role yet. So kind of that guy you're just going to bet on the up, young upside and, and hope he pans out. Same with Arden Key. Arden Key had a really good year for Jacksonville. Gets a lot yeah. of pressures. I could see the Bears going after a guy like that, but I think he'll be a little more pricey uh, than a guy like Ebukam. Yeah, I think... Wasn't Arden Key? Didn't he get drafted like by the Jags in the second? I mean, I liked him coming out of LSU. Raiders. He yeah. was he was really highly touted coming out of college. I think he had yeah. some issues that dropped him off like, the field. Well, he's also super skinny too. Uh, Ebukon is is interesting. Uh, Ninety five pressures over the last two years. Oh, yeah. that, that does include the playoffs, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's got Nick Bosa on the other side of him, but that doesn't make you. You know, like I said, he's a, he's a traitsy guy. He's like really, really athletic, and yeah, I don't that's know. I feel like that's an interesting one, dude. I for sure. Uh, you know, you know how they like it. They like what they like. 
That's one of your uh well, yeah. Is he is he long? Is he long and strong? Yeah, he's long, baby. Down to get the friction on. <laughs> uh linebacker. I think linebacker is definitely in need. Uh they have Karakay. Oh Kariki. This this free agent linebacking club. This is like where the all the players are. Like if you want to like insane. spread them out across all the positions that somebody just forgot and dumped the entire silo into the linebacking room. Uh so Bears have Man, why can't I ever remember dude's name? We should sign that guy, Roquan Smith. What's oh, the Sanborn? What's the, yeah, Jack Sanborn. Good God. Uh, he's going to be your Mike. Yeah, so he's your Mike. Um, Okereke so they, will probably be Will if they sign him. Okereke, you got Tremaine Edmonds. You have TJ Edwards, who was with Sanborn. Uh, the other thumper types are Vander Esch and David Long. Uh, and there's there's a plethora of other linebackers that are out there. There's Anthony Barr if they really wanted to go down that route and give him a vet deal. Isn't he like 100 years old, though? Yeah, he's 32. I mean, he two years ago, he was sick. Last year, he had a down year. Two but years ago, bro. I'm just saying. I I don't know. Yeah, they probably won't sign him. I, we need I, him if, if Rodgers is on the schedule. We'll just play, I, play him for one game. I think the uh, Okereke signing that is going to be like the Pringle signing last year. It just seems inevitable that he's going to sign with the Bears. Like, what do you uh, guys think? Like, uh, who was the dude that ended up getting popped for for PEDs when he came from Denver to Chicago? No, never mind. Uh, for the Col- the Colts Dan- guy? No, never mind. Danny Danny T came from Denver to Chicago, and that was like uber obvious because of John Fox when that happened. Yeah, I, I mean, was. I that was uh, the Colts guy was the guy I was thinking of, but that's Freeman. Mind. Was his name Freeman? Freeman, yeah. Yes, yeah, he was Freeman. sick too. He was he really was so good. good. And then, well, yeah, and you're on PEDs. Then he got you'll be and then uh, yeah. didn't he go to like the CFL or something like that? Yeah. Uh, I think he's in the XFL now. I don't. I don't, I don't uh, know. He's like fifty now. Anyway, do you guys think that? Do you guys think that's like set in stone? Pretty much that they're going to sign a Bobby Okariki. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good. But the, there's the there's the other. Uh, so linebacker too. EJ Speed, EJ Speed. Mm, is that who? Yeah, we'll, we'll just sign them all, and we want to sign. Well, this is what I was gonna say. Nicholas Mars also. Nicholas Mars is a free agent. I would love to re-sign him back. To be honest, I I like Nicholas Morrow. I think he was fine. Oh, Aziz Aziz Al Shair is who I was thinking of. Oh, they have another linebacker called EJ Speed, who's a free agent as well. Aziz Ojuari. No, Aziz El Shair. There's way too many hard names in this league now. All right, and then the the underrated signing that we talked about the other day, the the WTF signing that the Bears could do. Do you think they address the secondary and free agency? I think they do. Jonathan Carter Johnson. I think Jonathan Jones is a name to watch out for. Uh, he's really, I, I'm kind of shocked the Patriots didn't tag him, but he's a really, really good slot corner who they played on the outside last year and he wasn't good outside, but, uh, he's basically a plug and play slot that should get a decent payday for agency. Jonathan Jones. What about Rocky Sin? Rocky Sin from the Colts. CJ Garner Johnson. I hate that dude. I, well, hate him love too, him. I would, you love him when he's on your team. 
Yeah, and plus, I would love me. to just see the Eagles not sign him. Um, what do you think about Von Bell? Yeah. Eh. I'm not really... Eh. See, I like I like Chauncey Gardner because he plays safety and corner, so you could either plug him in at the nickel or you could have a have him run three safety sets for you. That would be uh, awesome. But I don't what see do them going after like a huge safety like Jesse Bates or anyone like that. What do you guys think of like Jamel Dean from the from the Bucks? I like yeah. There's I mean it's a decent class. He's he's solid. Yeah, it does seem like free agency is lining up on the defensive side of the ball. James which, James which Bradbury too. Bradbury's Cam, a good one, but he's he's a Cam he's on Sutton. the wrong side of thirty again. Cam Sutton's what twenty eight. All right, so out of out of all those names we just named, who we just talked about who we like. Who do you think the Bears are going to sign? Just give me three or four names. You think Okariki, McGlinchey. I think those two are for sure. I, I think two yeah. more. I think Okereke and, and McGlinchey are pretty pretty solid. Uh, I think Draymond Jones is the splash. Dalvin Tomlinson. So? Yeah. You think they go Tomlinson over Draymond, Joe? It'll be cheaper. Yeah. yeah they, they do have to meet that floor, man. They're going to have to shell out over $100 million, um in first-year cash. So, Well, you and I will be on the payroll for 50 apiece, so we'll be good. <laughs> Fifty dollars? You guys got the Bears to pay you fifty dollars to do this? Oh man, that's more. That's more than Owen got. Fifty million. What are you talking about? Did you not tell him, Luke? <laughs> did you like that, Chris? Did, 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 did you not tell him? We've been getting I'm on paid, the payroll. We've been getting paid for this shit the whole time. Has he not been giving you your cut? I've been getting paid in doll hairs, dude. Yeah, and I'm and I'm having to. Beg you guys to fucking Venmo me the goddamn Streamyard money. Yeah, what are you talking about? We, like, <laughs> we've been on the take the whole time. All right, so who who else are we signing? You got Tomlinson, you got Draymond. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I think they sign a defensive end. Whether that's, I don't think they'll double dip with like Zach Allen or anybody like big, but I think like Ben Powers, Marcus Davenport. No, I said deep. I said defense. Marcus Davenport, you like or him. Ngakwe, maybe. Yeah, I mean he did play for the Colts too. That's interesting. Yeah, I think I, I think McGlin- I, I was gonna say I think McGlinchey and Okereke are, are pretty set, like you guys said. I think LVE makes a lot of sense because I think he was there when uh, Eberflus was the DC or was the linebackers coach in Dallas. So forgot about that. That would line up as well which like it's amazing how much that's like like looking back at how you know the tea leaves line up when you look at free agency it really is just like who you know and like guys that tie to people and that's where they sign and, and, and money i mean obviously but people want to be comfortable they want to be happy like john was saying about Derek carr i mean yeah I think free agency is going to be interesting. We're a week away, right, from from legal tampering, or six days away. I think next Monday they can start start asking people if they want to go steady. Do you want to go steady with us in the windy by, city? By the way, if you were curious about Samson Abukam's RAS, it was a nine point eight. He is an elite athlete. That makes my tank tickle. 
He runs a 4.540 flat, vertical jump of 39 inches, broad jump t over 10 feet. Yeah, he's 6'1". What's it like to be that athletic, Luke? I don't know, man. That guy would smoke me for sure. Well, that's all I got. Yeah, Monday is the uh, the unofficial start of free agency because that's when they can start talking, even though it's already... All the deals are probably already done. Right? They were done at the Combine. They were They're done at the Combine. Being emailed to Adam Schefter to be released accordingly. We already have Okereke talking to Bears fans on Instagram, so... Heck yeah. It was a fun episode, guys. We covered a lot. We covered a lot of ground. Definitely. Now we, now we just got to take up an hour and a half of someone's time tomorrow when they listen to this. Let's do it. Enjoy, everyone. I think it was a fun episode. One of the one of the best here at the Believe in Monsters podcast, at least since I've been on. I know uh, you guys had some fun with uh, Mr. Aaron Lemming in the past, but uh, John McClain might top that because uh, that was that was a good time. That guy's so plugged we, we, in. We didn't have any episodes before you joined. That's true. They weren't real. I, it's just we were missing something. It's a part of uh, yeah. It's just, those are trial runs. Practice. <laughs> Yeah. Perfect practice makes perfect. Right, we can tell <laughs> something was not right. Something was off. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much for hanging out with us. All right, all right, Joe, you can sing "Bear Down." And next Tuesday, when we record, we will have some free agent news, which will be exciting to talk about. Ooh, new players on the Bears next week. That's definitely worth a bear down. Bear down, Chicago Bears, make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears, put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you throw the nation with your T-formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears, and don't forget why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois. Chicago Bears, bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.